Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to episode six of Away From The Pitch. I'm stoked to be joined on the line by two guests for today's podcast in twins Marcus and Joel Beattie who play for the Wollongong Wolves and Albion Park White Eagles respectively. Thank you to both of you guys for coming on. No worries, thanks for having us. No worries, thanks for having us. Uh, Marcus, I'm going to start off with with you. I'm going to get you to answer for, I guess, for both of you first up. But you grew up playing football in Sutherland. What was it like growing up with a twin brother who shared a love love of the game with you? Um, yeah, obviously, just as a young kid, we, we did what most kids did, and that was just sport, 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 and um, football was one of them. So um, growing up, always football in the winter, cricket in the summer. So we actually played for, for Helensburg, the Thistles, at the start there for a bit. And then, um, yeah, obviously, we went and played up in up in the Sutherland Shire comp up there for a, a few years. but. It was all a good experience, all good fun. Um, obviously, it helped having a brother at the same stage for just a lot of the times where we, we could go train together and um, all that. Just the, the little things on the side, it, I guess you never get bored because you, you always got someone with the same interest. So, so that was always good. Is that the way Is that the way you see it, Joel? Was it, what age did you guys start uh, playing together? And was it always, uh, always playing together? Yeah, so we started when we were four, four I think for Helensburg, just playing local league down there, and then uh, we played together the whole way through. I think until maybe the sixteens, but yeah, it was good to have someone your own age uh, to annoy as well, and always get them out the back or down at the field to to practice with you. I guess like it's it's good to have someone pretty much the exact same as you to train because at least it's like training with a brick wall. You've got the same person passing the ball back to you and. And whatnot, so it was good. I think it's a dream for many young footballers in many ways, but I believe you, you, both of you joined Bulleye in 2014, and was it 2014 that you you two joined? That's correct. Uh, yeah. No, so I joined the year before. I think it must have been 2013. I think, yeah. I, was, I, think I was 16, and then um, Joel actually went to Winuna that year. So in yeah. a year at Winuna, and then we both came to Bulleye. I think it must have been 2014 then. Yeah, and that was the year that you won the league. Yeah. There was a grand final defeat to Wollongong United. But um, so so the, that, that year beforehand was the first year you'd played separately. But that that run, Joel, saw you play for, have a successful a successful season for, for Bulleye and then go on to play for the Wollongong Wolves, I believe, in the under-18s or maybe the under-20s. How was those, those couple of years for you, for you guys? Yeah, it was good. So we were at Bulleye together for the season in 2014 and it was good. We had a like a good, strong team, um, good coach and we actually had like a really good group of guys that we were close-knit with and played some pretty good football, I thought, for youth grade, um, which sort of helped set us up for maybe the next step into to Wollongong Wolves under-20s the year after under Jeff Allport. But yeah, I think like we just had a good team, good mentality and then that year, probably, I think we were turning maybe 17 or 18 at the time, and it's a good year to develop, and we I think we developed pretty well that year, and then to step up into the MPL, MPL 1, um, yeah, it was a whole new ball game, but it, it was a good couple of years um, at that age, you just sort of want to play football as much as you can, so yeah, it was good. Was it a collective ex- collective decision to join the Wolves, or was it just one of you said, oh, I'm going to try out for the Wolves and the other one tagged along or how did um, that go? I, th- 
I think we both that year we must have been in year twelve at school, so we played Sydney East um at school in the New South Wales CHS Carnival. And I think most of our team was playing MPL one throughout Sydney, Sutherland, um, maybe elsewhere. So I think we were both like under the shunt like all oh, we're doing well with these guys, like I think maybe we should try and step up and Wollongong being the team that's sort of around the league, um, we went down and yeah, we just trialed and then we sort of like spoke to the coach whatnot and we both were like happy to be there and then I remember pretty much just got told maybe a week after the trials that we, we made it and then we're all guns blazing into preseason. So and on and Marcus in two thousand and sixteen well, both of you went your separate ways. You went back to Winuna, Joel, I believe, and Marcus, you tried your hand at Sutherland. We, back in my early days with Football South Coast, I was able to have an interview where you were saying, when you spoke to me about your time at Sutherland and how you would end up moving back to Bulli to try and get more first grade opportunities. We'll, we'll talk, go in a bit more depth about the, the couple of years after that, but it's fair to say that that time at Sutherland and then making that move to Bulleye proved pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, we had a really good year with the under-20s there at, at Wolves, and, um, but it's always a, it's a hard age being in that under-20s. You're trying to like crack first grade. And then uh, I kind of knew a fair few of the guys at Sutherland and just thought I'd, we'd head up and trial. And lucky enough, the coach was pretty interested. And um, just at Sutherland, I felt like I learned a lot more about my game in terms of positioning. Um, Obviously, technical. It's a lot more technical. I was able to do a lot, of, a lot of morning sessions on top of our Arvo sessions as well. So, for me, um, I, I really enjoyed the time at Sutherland. They're, it's proven why they've been in the MPL one for so long and, and pretty successful. So, I was just happy to be, be up there and improving as a as a young footballer. But um, obviously, yeah, that the under twenties age is is difficult. So, I did the best I could, and then obviously headed back to Bulleye. And you finished that season for, with Bulai, where you actually scored a you scored a penalty against Wollongong Olympic in a in a semi final defeat, which finished that season. But then 2017, you scored 10 goals in the league. Bulai took out the league title, the Burt Badminton Cup. Um, obviously, it didn't end with a grand final win. However, it, it was a shock for a lot of people to see you go from you know, a player on the fringe of Bulleye to be one of their key players. How how important was this 2017 for you? Yeah, yeah, obviously um, leaving leaving Sutherland, I kind of knew that I was 19 at 20 at the time. The next move probably would be pretty key. Um, so in my mind, obviously I wanted to stay in MPL, but it was always good to, to have the op- opportunity to come back to, to Bulleye. And I spoke to Ben Smith, I remember, spoke to him and I just said, yeah, I just want to, want to try and play as, as much first grade as I can. And um, I felt like that's probably what I needed in my game, just to get used to playing against men full-time pretty much. And um, luckily enough, Bales, Matt Bailey was the, the coach there as well for me. And then in was it 2017 when, when Bales stepped up to the first grade, he took a few of us few of us younger guys up there and he kept the, the core from the first grade squad and, with the youth and the first grade boys, we, we kind of developed a, pr- a pretty good team. And, um, yeah, that 2017 was was unbelievable. We were playing, we kind of went into that 3-5, kind of like 1 or 3-5-2 as it was kind of was um, formation. And then I, I think 
playing in one of them advanced 10 roles, it, it really developed my game. I was able to get in goal scoring opportunities and yeah, obviously it didn't work for us in the grand final, but yeah, it was a fantastic year. How do you reflect on that grand final? Because you unfortunately were one of the unsuccessful take penalty takers for Bulleye against Port Kembler in the 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 grand final at Korean Park. Bulleye went into the matches incredible favourites. You finish, I forget what the actual number was, but it was I think it was over twenty points ahead of of Port Kembler, and it just never seemed to click for Bulleye on the day. But what what point were did did you feel like this wasn't? Bullies day. Um, I kind of it, it, reflecting back, like obviously, vivid memories is still a few years ago. But um, I remember we had a fair bit of the ball, um, a lot of chances, and it was just kind of like one of them games where we just didn't want to go in for us. And Paul Kembler were, were coming off on the back of a run. I remember had some really good players there, so we knew it was going to be extremely difficult to to break it down. Um, obviously, there was kind of that little bullie curse that they were saying of never never been able to win the grand final and we just couldn't get it done on the day like there was no certain stage that I can pin where I was like this isn't going to happen for us even in in the penalties like um I remember you made our goalkeeper made some fantastic saves so we're always in it and we we just couldn't get it done on the day unfortunately that's kind of the joy and then the the disappointment in football someone someone kind of has to lose on the day and to lose in penalties is never never fun but I guess it was a, a good learning experience for everyone involved. But Bulleye didn't relent. They backed up the next year. They picked up a couple of new players, but you were still a key figure in that squad. Won the league again, uh, and then you went on to to win a incredible grand final against Willow United. 3-2 with Guy Knight scoring the, uh, with one of the last touches of the game. You, of course, scored in that match. Where does that that day rank for you? Oh, yeah, definitely up there in, in terms of football. Um, we knew how how strong Wollongong United were going to be on on that uh, that day. They had some fantastic momentum coming into the the finals and stuff. So we knew we had to be on top of our game. And um, I guess we we had ninety at the end there to to get that goal. But um, I just remember it was always going to be a seesaw. Even at halftime, I think we'll two 0 up. I scored then has scored just before halftime and. Even then, you just knew they had that extra that extra level that they could hit if they could get a goal. And I remember them scoring, and then it kind of just I don't know if it put us on the back foot, but they had a lot of momentum. But um, we're lucky enough, we're strong enough. Maybe the 2017 loss kind of mentally toughened us up to to kind of get it done, and then to get it done in that way to to win three two pretty much with the last kick or kick ahead of the game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Just just memories running into the crowd and you see so much blue, like how much it meant to all the people of Bulleye, all, all the years of work everyone's been putting in. All they wanted just was that grand final win. And, um, yeah, it, it just felt felt amazing to give something back to such an amazing club with good people. You've got a really impressive track record in finals as well in terms of scoring or scoring in big matches because you're scoring that game, you scored in the... Burt Bamford Cup final the year previous. I believe you scored a crucial goal in that that the match against Coromel to seal the league as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so you've scored in some big games. Do you approach, well, for example, the Burt Bamford Cup final and say that 2018 final, was there, is there any difference? Because you, you've got a decent scoring record, but uh, generally, but, you know, in big matches, you, you seem to get yourself in the right areas. 
Yeah, as obviously um, being an attacking player, you always want to be in them positions at crucial times. You want, for me personally, I want to I want to be on the ball in opening goal. Um, they're some of the best feelings you can get in football. So for me, I've always just tried to work hard, and that's just doing your extras, just doing your shooting, your finishing, and it will just become sort of um, just becomes like what you used to. You're so used to just doing it that when it becomes a, a crucial moment, you don't even second think about it. Um, I like to think I've probably got a bit of an instinct for trying to be in like the right positions at times. It's just kind of gambling. A lot of the time, it's you just got to gamble with it. It's either in the box or getting onto a ball, you just gamble, and sometimes it, it pays off. And if moments like screening grand finals or, or big finals happen, um, it kind of makes all that hard work that you've done worth it. After the win in 2018, you shared a photo of yourself with the grand final trophy with Dylan Lewis. You, The two of you were pretty close at Bulleye, uh, seemed to be warm-up buddies and, and whatnot. Um, and unfortunately for him, he was ruled out of that grand final through injury. How, how tough do you think, how tough maybe you as one, a close friend of him was it to play in such a, such a big match that of course he would have loved to be a part of? Yeah, obviously you never want um, any of your teammates to, to have an injury and miss big games, but um, especially Dill, we've, we've been at Bulleye since nearly the, like that youth grade year of 2014. Um, we're there the whole time and we've just got very similar personalities. Um, love to share a joke, stuff like that. So obviously it was, it, it's hard to see, see him injured and miss, miss them big moments, but I still have... There's funny memories and videos of you seeing him on the crutches, kind of running down the sideline, and probably doing one of the biggest jumps he's probably ever produced in a in a moon boot. So mm. yeah, you could for him it, it meant a lot as well. He, he's given a lot to Bulai over the years. So um, I guess he he scored some some crucial goals for us during that season. So for us to be in the grand final, he did so much. So there's um, I, I guess we're lucky to have him. Um, he's a fantastic player and I, I think you've seen it over the years in IPL what he can produce and Joel while this was all going on you decided to go back to Winuna you had some success in youth grade um, but the, and also you were a player in first grade predominantly throughout this time as well but the the senior side struggled a, struggled a bit can, can I ask Perhaps with uh, Marcus listening, you might not want to go into it too much, but was it frustrating being in that scenario where you, things just weren't working out while you, the, the guy that you'd played most of your career with was enjoying so much success? Um, yeah, it was a bit a bit strange. We're sort of opposite ends of the table, especially that I think it was maybe the 2017 season. We were definitely struggling at Winuna. Um I don't know what it was. We were just maybe a bit young, bit frail, the squad, and then we, we just couldn't get too much success. Whereas in 2016, um, we had a, a good group of youth grade where we, we won the grand final, and that was good because the club bond was quite strong. We had a good good team. Like morale was high all the time. So that, that was good. And I think first grade maybe picked up towards the end of the year in 2016. But 2017 mm. was definitely frustrating. I think we just sort of got on a slide. Um, I think there was maybe one game at Coromel that sort of stamped it when I think we may have been up by two goals in yep. the last few minutes um, and then they came back and beat us. And I think maybe with a couple games to go, that was the, the nail in the coffin. And it, it was disappointing because 
we had some some good plays in that team, to be fair. Um, and then we went out, I think it was Picton last game of the season, and it was sort of do or die clash, us v them, and they beat us. But luckily enough for the club, which were all good people down at Winuna, um, they managed to stay in the league, and, and then you saw what they've been able to do in the last year or so. So positive signs towards the end. And then the following year, it was a an interesting move for you. You've decided to head over to over to England, and you joined a club called Thackley FC or Thackley Town FC in the north. I think it's just outside of Leeds, perhaps. How did that move come about? Yeah, so they're just towards Bradford, just near Leeds, up in Yorkshire. Yep. Um, so towards the end of that year. Um, Two friends of mine, sort of, we had the discussion and that they were keen to move overseas as well to not only play football potentially, but to work um, and just live it, live a bit differently while we're young. So we, we thought, yeah, we, we had a look at different areas. We looked at London with the idea of football as well. Uh, we looked at Manchester and then luckily enough, uh, one of the lads, Jesse's grandparents, lived, in, uh, lived right near Thackley in a town called Idle. And we went there um, and his grandparents knew a few people down at Thackley. So we went, so like he organised for us to go down and just like have a look and we went down and yeah, it was, it was definitely a different experience. Spoke to them and they were like, yeah, come to come to training. They still had half the, more than half the season to go um, at the time. So we went there and then, yeah, they took a, a liking to me pretty quickly. Um, and it was good, really good experience, good standard of football, uh, lower, leagues, lower leagues of England. Um, yeah, no, it was a good time over there. Played in FA Vs and FA Cup game, um, and yeah, it was good. Good learning experience to, to play, I guess, football in a different, in a different style and different technique. They're so like the pitches are heavy, the weather's cold. It's very much get the ball up the other end and and get up. So it was good. Good experience coaching over there as well. I did a lot of coaching with kids and. Um, young young teenagers, so it was good to to see the way that England went about their football at this uh, where I was coaching. It was really good. I met some good friends and we had some good discussions with us. I was over there. What's what I find interesting is that then you moved back to Albion. You moved back to the IPL with Albion Park, White Eagles in two thousand and nineteen. I remember rocking up to a trial game where Albion Park was playing um, Macarthur Rams, and I'm thinking to myself, "Is that Marcus or, or Joel Beattie out there and <laughs> out on the pitch?" And it ends up being Joel. And you went on to contribute twelve goals last year on the way to the side coming second in the league. Were you a different player compared to the the player that had left Wanuna a couple of years earlier? Um, I think I, I definitely developed more so in just getting a bit stronger because the game was so physical over over in England. You sort of had to like become a bit of a man. But also, I feel like once I got to Albion Park, I got very comfortable very quickly. I'd played with a few of the boys um, before, so I knew their game. And I feel like the team, the way they played and kept the ball and the coaching was really good. So I felt quite comfortable quickly within the team. Um, and we played it. I thought we played a pretty good style of football that, for my game, whereas we sort of got forward quickly. And yeah, I just felt comfortable pretty quickly at Albion Park. And do you, did you see 
your main role as because Cameron Morgan ended up being the side's top scorer that year, twenty one goals, I believe he picked up. Your second, and I think you may may second for the club, and I think maybe fifth or sixth overall in the competition. What was your what was your role though? Was it to be the secondary goal scorer, or was it to facilitate just attacks for the side? Um, I'm not too sure really. Like in terms of second fiddle, I think Cameron especially just was like finishing was unbelievable. Yeah, uh, would get himself in good positions and finish. So I felt like I had a good, really good combination with him. So if I could get the ball to him around the box. He would go close to scoring it. Um, and then same, likewise, he would do the same, find me in the box. And then I think I scored a few goals um, just like with quick darts inside the six-yard box or around there and just finishing it in. So we built a good combination, our attacking side at Albion Park last year. I think we scored scored a few goals and the boys, yeah, we, we seemed to find each other pretty well in the box, especially Cameron and I. The side just fell short of making the grand final, but this year they a new coach in uh, Jason Dafkowski came in. A number of high profile recruits, uh, Ricky Zuko, Ben Fordham, to name just a couple. There's, there's a, there was a handful of oh, Shoa Kuna, of course, is probably the star the star name there. But there was high hopes for Albion Park this season, though. Even though the preseason cup probably wasn't uh, in terms of results, at least obviously. Coaches treat the preseason cup however they wish to treat it, but um, yep. the results weren't quite there. But how confident was the squad heading into two thousand and twenty? Um, yeah, I, th- I think the squad was, was really confident. We kept most players from last season. I think maybe towards ten, um, and, and added some really some really good players in. Um, like you said, Ben Zuko, um, Fordo, as well as Shohei came back at and got a new goalkeeper in, in Nicodine. Um, the squad was building, was building really well. They, they had a really, really quite difficult pre-season. Um, before I got there, I was carrying a bit of a, a niggle, so I didn't get up and running until February or so. Um, but, yeah, the, I think the squad was looking really good this year. We, we sort of strengthened areas we probably needed to strengthen. Um, and that within the group, the, the morale was really high. Pre-season, like, is what it is. We were... We were um, had some pretty poor results in those in the two games against Bulleye than Wollongong United, but I think confidence-wise, we did we didn't really take too much of a hit there. Maybe it was good to sort of settle us down. Um, but yeah, we I think we'll prime to to have a pretty strong year and give it a, a good shake again. We yeah I think we'll fit and ready to go. And then obviously, fortunately, got postponed. But the last game before we had we had a big win, but we. Yeah, confidence was high. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what plays out, but Albion Park, uh, it was definitely, in terms of squads, one of the real contenders for this year's competition. Marcus, while Joel decided to go to Albion Park last year, you decided to step back into the MPL system, moving to St George in MPL 2. The side finished 10th under former Cringilla coach Wally Savore. You scored eight goals, which is the most for the club, and you also uh, the side also made it to the national draw of the FFA Cup, where I believe you scored in that in the against, was it Sydney United from memory? Yeah. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. So mixed bag of a season, but individually, how how did you 
how did you feel you went in a return to the MPL system? Yeah, so obviously after a, a few fantastic seasons there at Bulai, I just thought I was at a really good age to, to kind of step back into the MPL and um, it is extremely difficult at times to get back in the MPL 1. So for me, the next stage was, was the MPL 2. I feel like it's it's actually a fantastic standard of football. Um, and then there's so much experience in the league with a lot of guys. And then they mix that up with a lot of young, good footballers. For example, you versus the Mariners and the Western Sydney Wanderers youth teams. So there's some really high-quality football involved. Um, obviously, uh, we struggled a bit at the start there. Um, I think we'll probably the perfect example of like the club championship kind of working working kind of against us. Like for the first few rounds, our under-20s were really struggling. Same with the 18s. And because they weren't picking up points, there was more pressure on us to pick up points. And then when we we obviously weren't picking up the points, um, the pressure starts building, um, especially because in we knew last year with the reshaping of the NPL structure that three teams were going to get relegated. So there was always the, the kind of the background noise that um, you, you don't want to be anywhere near that, that bottom three. Um, so for us, it was... It was a bit tough at the start, but um, I feel like the club did what they needed in in that mid-season transfer. We, we really probably were struggling for a link-up and some goals at, at, up top, so we brought in a really high-quality striker in um, Juan Carlos, JC from Sutherland Sharks. So he came in and straight away, I think you noticed the quality he brought. Um, he was able, you were able to link up with him, and he scored some crazy goals. Um, you see his, his quality in training. He was producing it in games, exactly what the club brought him in for. And then with that, I, I think it lifted the whole club. Um, our under-20s um, started lifting as well and getting results. Um, our under-18s also went on a really good run there and made made the made the grand final in their league. So it just showed you how, how good they did in that second half of the season. And then as a club, obviously with their FA Cup run, I think it just gave us momentum into that last kind of push in the season, which helped us... Ultimately, the main goal probably was after we struggled just to stay in the league. Um, I think it's going to be extremely difficult for teams in that MPL three to try and try and get back on the MPL two with some really really good clubs down there. Um, and then obviously Wally Wally was the coach there, so I was fortunate enough. He he, he kind of knew me from my bullet days. He um he took a kind of a chance on me there, but I think he knew what I, I could produce, and he, he just gave me the confidence to to kind of play the way I wanted to play. Um, it really, especially in the second half of the season, when I started getting comfortable with all the boys, I really started being able to to dictate games in the way I feel like I could. Like if I wanted to get on ball and on the ball and take on plays, the boys knew knew where to find me in the runs I make. So it really became good in that second half of the season. And I think there was a run between FA Cup and um, season games where I scored in like eight straight games. So I, I kind of just I was just confident. Everything I was doing seemed to be coming off. Um, and then, and then touching on the FFA Cup, we were probably fortunate. We had a, a pretty lucky run. A few, a few um, club teams, which always helps. And then, the more difficult games, it was it was just club space in the NPL three. Um, we had a really good win actually against um, RPL Leichhardt in one of the early rounds, which is I probably just touched on. But um, to beat them one nil when they had um, they went on to win the grand final in the NPL one, we we kind of just turned it on that game. Um, and so I think that definitely helped with the season and then going into a, 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 the final 32 of their FA Cup um, I think it's kind of what a lot of the clubs are pushing for now you, you can draw against A-League clubs becomes all televised 
Um, like for example, we had Adam Peacock come down from Fox Sports. He's Fox, uh, he's he's um, commentating the game. You get to use all all these new equipment, so it's kind of all hyped up. And um, we gave Sydney United a really good game. Unfortunately, we lost five three in extra time, but we came back from two 0 down to to actually make a game of it and scored pretty much with the last kick to send it extra time. So I, th- I think it was just really enjoyable for a good group of lads to, to experience something like that. You, Joel also mentioned how with Fackley he was in the FA, FA Vars over there as well. And obviously I know that I'm pretty sure you guys know that I, I love the FFA Cup concept, but how, like you've mentioned the Sydney United game, but I also remember... Ball, you went on a couple of long runs with Bulleye as well in your time there, including where you went within a game of the national draw going out to Blacktown City. How, how probably, I think I think exciting is probably the right word, is being a part of a squad that's taking the FFA Cup seriously. Yeah, no, um, I think I think all clubs in Illawarra definitely should be taking it serious. The opportunity to kind of verse other teams from other regions is... It's something you don't really get often to do, uh, don't get to do often, sorry. Um, and then it's kind of the opportunity for players to put put themselves on on the market against other NPL clubs as well. Like I feel like the Illawarra teams can definitely compete against nearly most teams in the NPL two as well, um, definitely NPL three. And then if you like, for example, us at Bulai, we were one game away from that final thirty two, and we versed Blacktown City, um, stacked NPL one team full of experience on a Wednesday night at Bulls Paddock with a thousand odd people there like the they're the sort of games you want to be involved in the experiences um that it it can bring and it can really bring a group together playing playing in a cup competition like that and and going really far I think it was um a fantastic experience to play the final 32 and if if we drew an A-League club at St George last year there would have been thousands of people lining up. So um, I think it's a fantastic concept in Australian football and they can definitely build off that to get the, the communities involved and, and it's only positive for, for the A-League for the future. If and when the season gets back up and running, of course, the Wollongong Wolves will be in the main draw as the NPL champions and why that is important is because you, of course, joined the club in for this season and that move came... After sharing, after starring for UIW, who were coached by Luke Wilkshire in the F, I don't know, did you just say FISO World Cup or FISO uh, yeah. World so Cup? Yeah, the FISU University World Cup. Yeah, so you guys went over there, you just made it to the finals, you made it to the grand final. I'm pretty sure, Mark, as you finished as the Golden Boot winner with six goals in that tournament. And Playing under Luke Wilkshire with a, a squad full of local talent, including yourself, Joel. Uh, but Marcus, what what role did that tournament play in convincing Luke to uh, give you an opportunity to join the MPL champions? Yeah, so obviously um, we had one of the most unbelievable opportunities there to to go to China to play in a University World Cup, which was just even thinking about it is is so weird, like. Um, for the boys who have, or people who have ever gone to uni, you kind of hear uni games is is the stigma that it's kind of just a big party, which it is. It's always a, it always uni games was always at a good time at the end of the season where you can kind of let your hair down. But then this opportunity came up before you win the national, win the national championships. There you you, you get to go to a World Cup sort of thing. So 
we, we were lucky enough there to win and then we went over there and the university did all the right things they um they got luke on board and luke brought some fantastic people on board like a strength coach physio assistant coaches so for a lot of the boys who were kind of involved in yeah local local football and then the npl boys it was an experience to put ourselves on a world stage to to go to a to a, a country where they're kind of developing football and they're pumping money in it so for example um the, the stadium we played in in the semi-final and the final was uh, a purpose-built 18,000-people stadium for just football. So it's it's the ideal situation, a brand-new stadium. Um, there's media conferences before and after games. So it was just an experience that you wouldn't ever have dreamed of unless you were playing pro football. So for the boys, um, we, we worked so hard, and I think that led us up to, to going into making it into the final, we're playing some really good football under Luke. Um, and then it, it gave the boys the opportunity to be in a professional environment. We were, on, we were just playing games. And then we go to, back to the hotel, eat the right things. Next day we'd go and train into school and you'd have almost 500 to 1,000 students yelling at you during your session just watching because they just love football. So I feel like I, I, I put my best foot forward to, to kind of do well at that tournament by having a good year at St. George and then – doing our, our mini preseason into the, the World Cup um, and then scoring scoring six goals, getting the top scorer in the tournament um, and being, yeah, quite crucial, I feel like, in, in the way the team was playing. Um, it must have impressed Luke and I'm just very unfortunate that he wanted to, to bring me into a Wolves environment where they're currently the national champions. In that World Cup, you were playing teams from literally around the world, like teams from China, Spain, uh, in, in Germany as well. And did you was it a South American team that ended up winning the tournament overall? Yeah, so a, a university from Uruguay. Mm, so it would have been an unbelievable experience. But that those your exploits over there gave you the chance to sign for Wollongong Wolves, return to the club five years after you were there as a an under twenties player. And your how how different was it was it going into the first grade squad compared to when you were admittedly in the under twenties a few years a few years earlier? How much different was the club? Um, so obviously the branding's a bit different now. Like the South Coast has been cut out back to to Wollongong Wolves. Um, there's still a lot of good people involved that I, I remember from our time back then. Um, the first probably thing I noticed is just it's a lot more professional now. Um, we still had amazing coaches back then in our 20s, um, but I think what, what Luke's brought and a lot of the people involved on the board, they just brought that professionalism. You can you can definitely tell there's big things happening at Wollongong Walls trying to, trying to push into hopefully a professional football environment. So I think for any footballer, you want to be at the best club you can be. And for me right now, I don't think there's any better than NPL champions. So I was like, the minute the opportunity came up, for me, it was a no-brainer. I knew how difficult it'd be to to um to be playing and stuff with some high quality boys, but I, I knew my kind of backed my own ability and I, I knew I could work hard and get into the team. So I think for me it kind of just showed like my decisions to always to come back to maybe the Illawarra League or go to MPL two. In my mind it was always kind of like taking that one step backwards to kind of go like the two step forward as the old saying says. I was always kind of hopefully looking at a bigger picture. Like I, I've said to you in previous interviews, I've always wanted to to make the push back to MPL one and then hopefully further. So for me to, to kind of get there, it kind of just showed all the hard work 
all that extra sessions I was putting in has paid off. But for me, it's only the beginning, and I'm hoping hoping to do some really good things at the Wolves. Well, it will be interesting to see how you fare when once play gets back underway. Because you did start in the first two games of the season, Sydney Olympic, which was a win, and then an upset defeat to North Shore Mariners, where uh, Penny Nickus put on a bit of a show. Uh, but that basically wraps up the question and answer part of today's podcast. But before we let you go, we're going to get a five-a-side team. All our guests have given five-a-side teams. And obviously, because there's two of you, we're going to get two five-a-side teams. So I sprung this on you just about an hour or so before the podcast. So I'm not sure how much thought you've given into it, but hopefully you've got a team put together of players that you've played with throughout your careers. We're going to start with you, Joel. So we'll need a we'll need a goalkeeper, and we'll go from there. So easy. So a uh, five-a-side team that I've played with. Uh, thought back to my Wolves days, and we played with a goalkeeper for a few games. He was the first-grade goalkeeper as well when we were at Wolves, uh, Tom Menos. So I thought we mm. couldn't go past him. He was Sydney United's goalkeeper now. Um, and then I've gone a very attacking team, sort of guys right. who I've got along with well throughout my football. So I've got... Robbie Del Blank, Robbie Del Blanco in the midfield, who I play with at Albion Park, um, alongside Stain, James Dojewski, who's at the Wolves. So we played with him at uni games, and he quality player. Um, then I've got I've put Marcus in there with your family, um, and I've gone couldn't go past Cameron Morgan and my good mate Caleb Russell for banging some goals. I think Caleb's going to have to nub on the bench with this one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I will ask you. You've raised James Stodzewski in the in your team here. Yep. And obviously, Marcus is the one that's a full time teammate with him now. But he was he's now the skipper of Wollongong Wolves. Did he show those leadership qualities when he was at the Uni Games, John? Ah, uh, yeah, he he definitely did. He um sort of a quiet guy, but his presence was really good on the field. Um, he's played a high level overseas, and yeah, he, he, it was good to play alongside him um, in China. But yeah, he's a very strong player and, and very, very much someone that does all the hard work on the field. And yeah, it was extremely impressive to play with him. And yeah, he, he definitely does deserve to be captain, I think, of the Wolves. So he was definitely a breakout star for the Wolves' last campaign. I still think he's twenty two or twenty three years old. He's not. Too old, so yeah, that's I think he's quite. Tw- a, yeah, twenty-four years old, so yeah, twenty-four. So quite a, an impressive young player he is. Now, Margus, what what have you? It'll be interesting to see uh, if any of these players make the transition in your team. But uh, starting in goals for you. Um, so in goals, I'm going to chuck in um, good old Yuya Kawada, the Japanese legend. Um, I think if you, you just came down and saw a few of the Bulai games you'd see this unbelievable Japanese goalkeeper. Um, so I'm going to chuck him in there. Um, I'm going to go pretty pretty attacking as well. I'm going to chuck in Stodge, so James Stodjeski as well. Um, he's a quality footballer. I'm going to chuck him in. I'm going to go Dill Lewis as well. I think there'd be some good link-up with him in there. I'm going to chuck in Jordan Murray, one of the boys I played with him at Bulleye a few years ago. And yeah, High quality footballer. I'll chuck in JC, so from last year at St. George, Juan Carlos Romero. He's yeah. quality. You'll see I think you just see any of the 
NPL highlights this year, you'll see him pop up, and then I'll chuck in TJ as well, just because yeah, he's going to bring goals for you. You haven't given you haven't given your brother a run out. Far yeah, unfortunately for Joel, we'll <laughs> do some work in preseason. He might make might make the bench. No worries. There's some plenty of uh, attacking talent in there. What is so TJ? Obviously, Thomas James set the league. A light last season finishes the top goal scorer and looked uh, for all money to break uh, another player you just mentioned, Jordan Murray's re- MPL New South Wales MPL scoring record that was only set the year before. What was preseason like with uh, Thomas? Uh, obviously, TJ he's got some some good banter. Firstly, typical Pommy lad, so he likes yeah. having a, a good joke. But um, yeah, he works really hard. Yeah, I think you'll see puts in a lot of extra sessions that, that people aren't seeing. And then it pays off on on the field. He he's able to to finish in situations where he, like he, he probably shouldn't. And I, I think a really good trade he's got. He's just competitive. He hates losing. So um, anyone in that in your team who who hates to lose, you just jump on the back with. And I think I think I think all the all the the credit he's getting is is from all of his hard work that he puts in. So yeah, definitely you're in a place in my father side. So I hope you score some goals for me. Always brilliant stuff. Well, that about does it for today's episode. Marcus and Joel, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks again to everyone who's tuned in and be sure to come back next Tuesday for episode seven.